the blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast, where the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and a whole lot more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm Adam. I'm John. And I'm Chelsea. Chelsea! <laughs> oh, we're so excited to have you and only you on the show. We have had Max on our show before when we talked our top 10 nostalgic wrestlers. We've had you on our throwback trivia takedown. When you took down uh, two of your co-hosts, <laughs> that was good. In one, that was a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, we have got you, the Duchess of Horror, for our episode that today is all is a mummified episode for us. Right. So um, yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little about uh, your podcast. Every, everything, Chelsea. Yeah, okay. Well, um, I am part of the Ready to Retro podcast uh, with Max and Chris. Um, yeah, I, I guess I am more of the, I am the Duchess of Horror dubbed by Max. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm more <laughs> the horror side of that podcast. Um, yeah, I don't know. I Yeah, I just love horror movies and Halloween. So this is like a perfect episode for me to be on. So anything Halloween, horror, spooky, um, I enjoy that. Very much so. Because nothing says horror like a Disney made-for-TV movie. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Maybe the scariest thing I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all right. But were you a Disney Channel fan, you know, growing oh, up? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I did all, yeah, okay. uh, yeah, all these movies. Yeah, Halloween Town. Okay. Uh, what mm-hmm. else we got? Like, uh, oh, Don't Look Under the Bed. Yeah, all of those mm-hmm. ones. Even the non-horror ones. Or Halloween ones, I guess. Yeah, I watched all those. Perfect. All right. Well, yes, today we are talking everything that has been wrapped up and mummified. We are talking the Disney Channel original film, Under Wraps, that came out in 1997. We are talking the uh, kids' action cartoon, Mummies Alive. Um, And we are going to do a casting of Mummies Alive as if it was using actors of today. Uh, Chelsea, you're going to join us just for this first portion because that's what you care about. You <laughs> loved your under, your under wraps. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But uh, less so on your mommy's life. Totally cool with us. Um, yeah. John. Yes. 1997. Bring us back. Nostalgia us, if you will, into that year by giving us some uh, things that else happened. All right. So the movie was released on October 25th, 1997. The Billboard Top 100 single for that week kind of tells you what was going on. It was Elton John's remake of Candle in the Wind. And it seems to me you lived your life like a candle in the wind. Never fading with the sunset when rain set in. And your footsteps will always Oh no. Yeah, yeah the sad. Princess Diana. Car yep. crash, yep. Topping the Nielsen ratings was, not surprisingly, Game 7 of the MLB World Series, and that was the World Series that Florida won its first and, I believe, only World Series. All right. Uh, the New York Times bestseller was a book called Flood Tide by Clive Cussler, who I've seen his books around but never once picked one up to read it. No idea. It sounds like an author. <laughs> <laughs> Someday I'm going to hit on a book you care about, Adam. (laughs) Eh, Good luck with that one. (laughs) One of these days. 
Uh, and actually, this one uh, might hit a little bit closer to home. This very week that uh, that the movie was released was also the release of a, I would say now iconic video game series, and that is Grand Theft Auto. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And one of the best-selling series of all time. Mm-hmm. Totally. I've only played two of them. I've played Vice City, and I've played five. That's I think it. those are the ones I've played. I've played five. I mean, I still play five, probably, <laughs> mm-hmm. now and then. And then, yeah, I played uh, Vice City a couple times before, yeah. I think Vice City was the yeah. most fun. Personally. Oh, totally. But, yes, because well, yeah, we started a nostalgic podcast. It's all very '80s <laughs> themes. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I actually played one of the. I couldn't remember if it was one or two, but it was still when it was over the top, and you and you just saw everything was like like an overhead camera, right. and it was it didn't become like the the 3D thing that it became much later. But mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I've only played a couple of them as well. But it's a fantastic uh, game series. They've they've done so much with it. Yeah, uh, and my fun little fact for 1997 was uh, oddly enough on my birthday that year. So when I turned 17, uh, a woman by the name of Julie Butterfly Hill uh, ascended 180. 180- She's my butterfly, sugar baby. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> come, my lady, come, come, my lady. All right, what about her? Uh, she ascended 180 feet up into a redwood tree called Luna. That was the name of the tree. Uh, to stave off the Pacific Lumber Company, and she lived on two six by six platforms for 738 days. Wow! wow. Un- until she finally came to an agreement with the logging company, so she lived up there for just over two years. Wow. Well, I mean, uh, so she came to an agreement. Hopefully, you know, she helped save some uh, tree lives, Luna's life, maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I did look. I did look up in, uh, into it. Uh, they did reach an agreement, and I think they agreed to. To, to not cut down that tree and noth- nothing within like a 200 yard radius or something of the tree. Okay. And then about two years later, some jackhole went in with a chainsaw and started <laughs> marking up the tree. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, womp, Sorry, butterfly. Should have lived in it maybe a little longer. I guess. Yeah. All right. That was 1997. All right. 1997. Okay. Now we are going to... Enter through our nostrils, pull out our brains. Uh, what else do I do? Dip you in formaldehyde, all that kind of good mummy stuff, and yeah. get into under wraps. <laughs> all right, under wraps, as John mentioned, aired on October 25th, 1995, on the Disney Channel. This film is considered to be the first Disney Channel original movie. Um, before that, they were called Disney Channel premiere films, or that's kind of what they call them now. And there were some ones that I remember in that time. Uh, Susie Q, which was with mm-hmm. Amy Jo Johnson. Uh, Wish Upon a Star with Katherine Heigl. Uh, and then my personal favorite, which is on our list to do eventually, John, um, Seth Green was in it in Airborne, uh, which was like a, a rollerblade movie. And I know you already <laughs> you already dealt with one rollerblade movie when, <laughs> when we talked to Brink, but this was another one that I liked a lot. So you're going to have to deal with that one at some point as well. I actually didn't I I didn't think that Under Wraps was the first one for like the longest time I thought mm-hmm. it was um that movie Can of Worms. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, That's another one. Okay. And f- no. for a weird point in my life I was thought that was the first one and I didn't know that Under Wraps was the first one. So Yep. It's exciting. I mean it just it just started off a whole just slew of yeah. of uh Disney Channel original movies that people are so nostalgic. They're more for. yeah, they're more popular than they've ever been like right now because the, the yeah. age group has grown up now to the point where they're like, oh, yep. all the DCOMs. So, 
Yeah, exactly. Yes, all the decoms. I mean, they don't they don't have these on Disney Plus though. Some of these. I mean, they, yeah, they under need wraps. To step up. Yeah, there, there's no under wraps on that, there. That bothered me. But uh, I mean, the other huge ones, John, that that are on my list. Like I, I definitely watched. I had a crush on Xenon. Everybody had a crush on Xenon. Yeah. Uh, watched on Johnny Tsunami. Johnny Tsunami. <laughs> Who's Xenon? Xenon girl of the 21st century, or what is it? Whatever it was. Xenon. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, girl of the 21st century. Yeah, yeah she's great. Yeah. <laughs> and then Xenon the sequel. Right? The sequel, John. <laughs> so then everything yes. should just be called sequels. Yes. Lame. Uh, but yeah, as, as Chelsea already mentioned, Halloween Town was a big one for our generation, particularly Halloween kids. And then, uh, yeah. That's uh, got to I mean, be the High top School one. Musical. High, High School Musical was the, was, the, was the one that blew oh, it yeah. up, though. I was yeah. at that point when High School Musical came out, I was sort of like kind of tapering off enjoying that kind of fair at that point yeah i was, was done i was done with it by then but, but like, there was yeah there was like a good time span where i'm like okay I remember all these good ones and then yeah high school musical mm-hmm. was was definitely not for me at that point yeah. i think that was like probably 2005 or 2006 maybe yeah. and i was like a teenager. i was like nah this isn't my thing anymore yeah. so all right this film was directed by greg beeman who directed the uh daniel stern film bushwhacked if anybody remembers <laughs> that one yeah uh, we did talk about him maybe uh, he did direct the movie Brink, John, which you and I already talked about, and we both loved it. It was an amazing film. I know you adored it even more than I did. <laughs> it, that was a lie. John I'll, hated I'll, it. I'll let, you, I'll let you have that's, your moment. That's the rollerblading <laughs> movie that... Yeah, yeah with, that with one uh, kid is Eric Von Detten. That's who I'm Eric thinking Von of. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And the evil team X-Blades with their team Puppin' Suds. Uh, I can go through the entire plot right now, Chelsea, if you want, because I love... Or, oh. you know what? Anybody can just go back and listen to our episode where we Brink we episode break part two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also directed episodes of Heroes, Smallville, a whole bunch of other different TV shows. And he's a producer on the show Stargirl oh. recently as well. Uh, this movie was written by Don Reimer, who has written some other stuff I've heard about, actually. Uh, Big Mama's House... The Santa Claus number two, Surf's Up, the animated movie, and then Rio, the animated film, and the sequel to Rio. Okay. So, actually yeah. some decent writing credits. At least uh, one good movie in there. Yeah. <laughs> Which one of the way? Which one? Big Mama's House, right? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. No. This is, this is when, like, all the comedians were putting on fat suits. This is, like, during oh, the, the Norbit, the, uh, the, the clumps, all that kind of stuff. No, I thought Re- I thought Rio was actually really well done. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. Movie. Rio 2 was okay. Yeah. You know, it's a sequel. Gotcha. Yeah, Rio was was solid. And I only watched it because your son at the time was really into it and watched it like over and over again. Mm -hmm. So I think I was over at your place and he had it on. I was like, oh, I'll just watch it with you. I was like, okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. But the biggest name uh, in this film is actually someone who I saw her name and I was like, really? I'm going to, okay, I'm going to double check that's who I'm thinking it is. Uh, The casting director, Judy Taylor, has like the best credits by far. Judy Taylor has cast other Disney Channel original films like Brink, amazing, amazing film, one of the best ever. Um, but also Xenon, Johnny Tsunami, Motocrossed. That was another one oh, I liked, yeah. Motocrossed. But besides that, she was the casting director on Goonies, all three Back to the Futures, Short Circuit, Inner Space, uh, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, Turner and Hooch, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Total Recall, Arachnophobia, Sister Act, D2, D3, Will, uh, Free Willy, Heavyweights, and just a fuck ton of other films. Wow. So what you're telling me is that casting directors will work for anybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they got to get paid, John. <laughs> but Hey, are, aren't we aspiring casting directors with this podcast? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything that we do kind of leans that way. Yeah. 
I have no shame. I'll I'll cast uh, under wraps too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Say, John, that we got to we got to save that for uh, our exclusive. Okay. People got to pay the big bucks to, to get our under wraps. We know they're going to pay for that one. Well, I think they're, they're they're thinking about doing like a remake and putting it on Disney Plus. I don't know if you oh, read wow. that, but I was I have not. when I was look going into my under wraps research. Um, <laughs> they uh, yeah, it looks like they want to do a. A remake put on Disney Plus maybe for next year. I guess there was a lot of like Halloween stuff that they wanted to do for Disney Plus this year. It just couldn't really happen. Mm-hmm. So they really want to mm-hmm. have like a like a good lineup for next year. So okay. It's, okay. Yeah. It's possible it's not on there because of that reason, maybe. So I don't know. Well, Disney can yeah. call us. They know where we're at. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. We'll do the we'll get a casting going. Yeah, who who would you put as Harold? Quick question. Throw it up there now. Oh just gosh. just Chelsea. Oh man, Come that's on. oh my! My brain is not firing fast enough for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have uh, to do all the uh, muh, muh, all those sounds. Oh my god! I mean, I was pretty good right there. I could do it. <laughs> you, it's then you. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm a star. I'm a Disney Channel star. Uh, okay, actually, let's talk about some real Disney Channel cast here. Uh, in this film, Marshall is played by Mario. Yadidia, Yadidia. Yeah, Yadidia, I think, so. I think. He wasn't in really hardly anything else. Uh, Jack, that movie, the Robin Williams movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was about it that I recognized. Uh, Gilbert was played by Adam Wiley, who he uh, was of the kids, easily the one I recognized most. He's been in Picket Fences, uh, Child's yeah. Play 2. Uh, but I actually remember him best as one of the kids in um, Mr. Kimball's class in uh, Kindergarten Cop. He was, uh, oh, he, <laughs> he, was, was he was also he, in the show, show called The Torkelsons. I don't know if you ever watched that. Okay. That was a very <laughs> early know. Disney Channel show. I think it was on there or some other channel, but I remember he was on that too. If uh, mm. if anyone is on TikTok, Adam Wiley actually has a channel where he just talks about acting stories from when he was oh, a kid. Wow. That's wow. really cool. That's really cool. Amy was played by Clara Bryant, who not much else, didn't really notice anything else that she was in. She's in another Disney Channel film called True Confessions, okay. and I think that also has Shia L- LaBeouf in it as well. Okay. It was like a seri- like a more serious like Disney Channel movie. Like mm-hmm. He had like a disability or something, and she was like the older mm-hmm. sister. That's the only thing I really remember her from, and then I don't think she really did much else. Actually, Clara Bryant uh, stopped acting around the early 2000s, and she became a lawyer in Atlanta. Oh. oh, whoa. I might have to use her sometime. Or no, don't use her. Use our <laughs> other friend, Jody, at the Jody Sellers Law Firm, because he can, he can he's, he sponsors so many episodes. Maybe, maybe we can get Clara Bryant to sponsor, and then we have a lawyer off between the two of them, John. <laughs> it's a lawyer off, folks, to the death. <laughs> yes, lawyer off. I uh, love it. Uh, all right. Bruce is played by Ken Campbell, who we've seen. I've seen him multiple different times. Um, I probably most remember him as um, one of the guys that uh, Bill Murray runs into in yes. uh, in uh, uh, Groundhog Day. He's got the guy with the glasses. Right when he comes out the door from his room. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Very early uh, in the, in that little inn. Uh, he's also in Armageddon. That's he's uh, one of the guys. Armageddon. He, he, he dies at some point. I think he dies on the asteroid. And then he was also in the show Herman's Head for quite a bit, which I never saw, but some people. He's some also people he was in an episode of Seinfeld, I think too. Ooh, probably. You should. I, I, I need you to know this. <laughs> you need to figure. Yeah, it out. I know. I don't think he's he hasn't appeared in an episode I've seen yet, but I should know that. I'm excited to see that whenever it happens. <laughs> uh, and then the mummy named Harold, 
and we'll get to that naming him Harold. God, <laughs> um, is played by Bill Fagerbaka. I've always Fager, but I've always fucked it up every time we've had to put his say his name. Uh-huh. Um, I will always remember him the most from the show Gargoyles. He played oh. Broadway. Mm-hmm. He was uh, kind of like the big doofusy Broadway on that one. Um, a lot of people will remember him best from Coach, yeah, as Dauber in Coach, um, but. People of the younger generations, without question, recognize his voice as Patrick, the starfish from SpongeBob. Yeah. So the whole movie is just, it sounds like Patrick Star, like yeah. running around. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what it is, basically. My kids even identified that. That's amazing. Oh, really? Because <laughs> well, they uh, they saw the guy, and actually, they know him, because uh, we watch a lot of How I Met Your Mother. They recognize him as Marshall's mm. father from How I oh, Met okay. Your Mother. Yeah. And uh, I, t- he came on the screen and said, "Hey, that's the guy who also does Patrick." And then from the entire movie on, that's all they could hear. That's all I. That's all I could hear. <laughs> like, like he he'd moan, and then and then my daughter would go, "Is mayonnaise an instrument?" <laughs> Is that what a line? Yeah, it's from. I guess. It's a line from SpongeBob. Okay. Uh, oh, SpongeBob. <laughs> all right. Let's get into this film. Um, after some cute opening credits, I actually liked the little like uh, opening little they're unwrapping yeah. little mummy things all to get. And the credits. music is really good. It's so like I hadn't seen this movie in so long, and when the music kind of hit me, I was like, oh my god! Like it like yeah. hit like a nerve in my brain. Like yeah, like I was so excited at that point. Yeah, that's a good. All right, that's a good thing to segue into. Like. So, do you were you nostalgic for Under Wraps as a kid? Did you see this one specifically? It sounds like it. Um, and when was the last time you remember oh watching this? I can't remember. I honestly can't remember the last time I watched it. It's not. I don't feel like they. Uh, Halloween Town like overshadows mm-hmm. all the rest of these movies, like Under Wraps, yeah. and there was like a, a one of the last ones I think I watched that was like in my age bracket was another one called like Scream Team. It had like Eric Idle and. Kathy and uh, Jimmy. Okay. That was really good. And like, I feel like because of Halloween Town, all these other Halloween ones, they, they come up, but they're very just downplayed, especially under wraps because it was the first one. It's the oldest one, yeah. I guess. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, it just, it does. I don't think it gets the credit. And then they don't even put it on Disney Plus. And it's like hard mm-hmm. to find to like watch on streaming in any, anywhere. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I remember always, I thought this was one of the better ones. It was like, far more entertaining than some of them and i don't know you the kids like were better and like more fun to watch and and stuff so yeah i don't know i liked uh, it like there wasn't as much uh i mean other than the fact that it's a mummy coming back to life th- there really isn't like a lot of like cgi or anything it's just them mm-hmm. kind of going around with them so i remember watching this one yeah exactly similar enough when it came out around that time and it being like i know oh yeah we all liked it like this really did help kick off Disney Channel original films as yeah. being something that we all cared about. Um, so, yeah, I liked it when I was younger, and and I can't remember the last time I saw it either. Like, yeah, it's um, it does. Yeah, oh, ha- Halloween Town. See, because they, they put all their money, Disney put all their money into the Halloween Town cred, and they gave them, like, two extra sequels and all this kind of stuff, but, you know, Which were, something like, like under garbage. Like, those other Halloween Town yeah. movies suck. First two are okay. The other, I, I don't think I've even, like, thought that much about those other mm-hmm. ones it just like the cgi and it's just like it kind of lost its way completely so well adam i remember the first time i saw this movie you- <laughs> i have a guess when it was it was yesterday <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think you're <laughs> well that's cool at least you someone a yeah. fresh uh fresh idea on this okay oh uh, yeah and when this one came out you were 16 already probably well past your oh, disney yeah. channel prime oh, john yeah. 
That's <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, that's like High School Musical and me, sixteen, and I was like done. No, so yep, yep. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Uh, once we get out of those credits. We start a dinner with this family. There's some really bad acting early on. I'm like, I don't <laughs> yeah. remember this family. What's going on? Uh, but yes, uh, there's a monster, and the monster kills the dad. I, the, I do think the way that the monster killed the dad with this knife that fell into the disposal that's just spinning, and Warthead, the name of this monster, grabs his head and pulls him like down into it. That could have been really gruesome and really fun. I, but That was intense. It's just a, for Disney, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, they really have like a knife like <laughs> swirling around. Yeah. And that's the dad is the dad from uh, Even Stevens. That got, that actor's name is, I think, oh, Tom, okay. Tom Virtue is his name. And he did, a, yeah, he was the dad on Even Stevens. So I'm guessing that probably yeah. came from this. But yeah, that yeah. is uh, gruesome. <laughs> like, I was like, whoa, <laughs> like, dang. I wasn't a big Even Stevens fan. It was, that was kind of like when I was just getting a little bit too old. Mm-hmm. But I do remember the sister. And that's when I was getting old enough to where I was like, ooh. <laughs> Ooh, the sister from Even Stevens, and I forgot everything else. Yeah. I didn't really, really watch the show, but uh, Christina Romano or something like that. Hello, you uh, you are hot. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, okay, so yes, it's just a movie. We meet Marshall and Gilbert. Uh, Marshall is this big fan of horror films, obviously. Gilbert is a scared nerd. Of course, he's got a name like Gilbert. Uh, that's going <laughs> to gonna happen. They, uh, they head home, and we find out it's kind of around Halloween right now. Uh, we also kind of briefly see Mr. Kubot drive by rather dangerously in the uh, in the neighborhood, and he's got this the quintessential creepy house on the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, we find out that Gilbert is the paper boy, and he's been too sta- scared to collect his uh, newspaper route money for two years, something like that. And Marshall's like, "No, fuck it, we we want to do it right now." They go up there. Marshall's trying to get the money, and. Mr. Kubot opens the door and he's got this vicious ass like pit bull with him that scares them away. He's a dog. I didn't know he had a dog, did you? Nope, no information for me. Run! <laughs> At Marshall's place, we then meet his mom and his mom's boyfriend, uh, the boyfriend. Ted, I think it was, also yeah. played by Bill Fagerbaka. Uh, the mom completely skips my head, but I feel like I've seen her before in other stuff, like a, some kind she of. She looks so but... familiar, but I I looked her up yeah. and she wasn't really in anything I kind of like watched mm. or anything. So. Yeah, I, I just I couldn't couldn't remember her either, but she she has that look. She yeah. has that. And she maybe looks, it's just from. She yeah. looks like um the mom from like Troop Beverly Hill. Uh, she looks like Long. What's her? What was her first name? Oh, Shelly Shelly she, Long. She looks a little. I know. I know. It's obviously not her, but she had like a Shelly Long kind of look to her. Yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, you're you're dead on on that one. She really does. Um, Penny Pacer is her name, and you're right. Looking at her credits, nope. Yeah, there's <laughs> oh, nothing. Well. It looks like she's done a lot, but I it's nothing really that I know about. So. Oh no, no, that's Amy's mom. I totally grabbed the wrong person. Marshall's mom, Corrine Borer. There we go. Now that's the right person. Nope. <laughs> yeah, even less. <laughs> <laughs> Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol. There, there John, you do you go. remember that one? I don't know if I remember. No. But anyway, she's a good Disney Channel mom, that's for sure. We see that Marshall is still kind of bitter about the divorce. He's not. He does not like Ted, even though Ted seems like this really super nice dude. He's trying hard. Yeah. Maybe trying a little too hard. Yeah. But. I did find it kind of interesting that they tied in the whole divorce 
storyline into this one. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it's, I mean, it's, it's it worked fine, but like they're trying to give a little message too because I guess I don't know a lot of a lot of '80s kids who were born in the '80s. Divorce was really hot in the yeah. in the '80s and '90s. <laughs> not to say it's not hot now, but I feel like actually divorce rates have gone down. Yeah. Um, but like in in the '80s and '90s. I mean, John and I are a product of divorce. We're not, yeah, or we are we are kid kids of divorce home. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I was so young that I don't really remember life before divorce. So, like, I I never had to deal with what Marshall had to deal with. So, okay. John, did you connect with Marshall on that since you were a little bit older? Did you kind of get that vibe? Did you understand that? Well, one, I was eight when our parents yeah. got divorced. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Two, um, like, are you talking about? Like, like with mom having boyfriends and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Let's go with that. I mean, just like yeah, dealing with boyfriend, dealing with the new life and that kind of stuff. I'm just trying to say, like, I'm just trying to. I'm, I'm knowing you, John. I'm already <laughs> anticipating your response at the end, your your final <laughs> comment. So I'm trying to. How can I lean you to like connect with this film? That's what it is for me. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I guess there were couple guys I remember mom dated that I, I didn't particularly care for, but mostly I stayed out of it. I didn't feel like it was my business. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't our business. Right. I mean, the, the the ones that stuck around the longest, I I liked. Yeah. Just fine. Enough. Yeah. And the one she ended up marrying, I, I loved to death. So. Yeah. I feel like they, for this, they kind of did that because they wanted the relationship between Marshall and the mummy to be a little bit stronger kind of mm-hmm. i mean i know it kind of it, mar, mar, the mummy is more like a they kind of treat him like a pet kind of they kind of treat him yeah. you know what i mean but i i feel like um in a weird way it was kind of like filling in for like dad kind of a little bit yeah you know that is weird. and so like a, like a, it was there. like it is weird but it's like a like a male figure you know like a, a mm-hmm. way older male figure in his life uh so maybe that's what they were trying to make the bond a little a little stronger between yeah. those characters with him having, uh, you know, the father not really in the picture and things like that. Maybe that's what they were going for, I'm guessing. So No, I, I think you're right. That makes a lot of sense. And, and so. making the same actor be the stepdad, I think that has to tie into it, too. So Or not mm-hmm. the stepdad, but the, yeah. the boyfriend. So I agree. Uh, all right. At school, we meet Amy. And she's kind of this, I don't know, I don't know uh, maybe a stereotypical kind of rough and tough tomboy from the late 90s yeah she says she tells everybody that kubat died of a heart attack that night okay oh gosh just something to find out something to keep in your back pocket for later and she says her mom her mom's company is selling his house and she heard that there was like a coffin in the basement and they want to go find out oh snap adventure's gonna happen so that night they get gilbert who begrudgingly joins them uh and they break into the house on a school night? Okay, I'll admit it. I'm a chicken. I can do that. I have no pride. But if either one of you stop to realize what we're doing, breaking into a dead guy's house. And on a school night! I always like that line that Gilbert kind of... <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's such a dork, but he's cute. They hold Gilbert, kind of break in through a window and hold him upside down as he looks through, uh, looks around the room and he sees, like, you know, it, it kind of, uh, the coffin that was pushed over when they broke in and it has like the mummy hand and he freaks out and scares he drops his glasses and they run uh but him forgetting his glasses of course they've got to go back and then because movie <laughs> the mummy comes back to life yeah. with the moon <laughs> it's like 
okay. <laughs> like nothing really magical happened. Yeah. It was just the so the movie starts to They're come alive. They're at the, the kids right were... time at the right place, apparently. Yeah, that's exactly all it was. The right time at the right place. Yeah. Um, the kids return, uh, this time using the key from uh, Amy's mom, and they search the house. And uh, not too lo- long into searching the house, the mummy busts through a door, and they're all scared as hell. They're running through the house. It chases them. Cute little one moment where it turns and sees a toilet. How it would recognize that as a toilet? Because mummies didn't have, you know, the ancient Egyptian culture didn't have <laughs> indoor plumbing, I don't think. But it sees Did it. Did they make like they... a zip noise too? Mm. Like, I feel like yeah, there was like oh, a slight zip. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and yes, and it relieves himself for a while. Haha, <laughs> hilarious and cheesy. As Gilbert tries to run by at one point, the mummy grabs and lifts him up. Didn't even wash his hands afterwards. Gross. Um, <laughs> but lifts him up and uh, returns his glasses. Oh, how nice. Uh, and then uh, when Marshall's watch goes off, the mummy's all scared about it. And then Marshall's trying to, like, you know, comfort him and whatnot. And we find out, honestly, that this mummy is just a big, it's a big, dumb thing. Yep. A big, dumb puppy. Yeah. As we, the, the, what we know about mummification, they take everything out, like all your organs. Yeah. They so you really your, shouldn't even have. Yeah. Yeah. They take your brain out through your nose. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And then they put them in those yep. jars. I think the what was like, I think the Egyptians left like the heart in because they felt that that was sort of like Maybe. the brain. But everything else was like removed. Mm. So Marshall decides that he wants to keep the mummy. Uh, and so they lock it in the house and they'll return the mummy. They're like, we'll be back tomorrow. And the mummy goes, we'll be back tomorrow. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> like, God damn it. Like, I'm just like looking, like, my eyes, I think, went way back in the back of my head when that house, like, oh. <laughs> because it wouldn't speak, you know, ancient Egyptian dialect or whatever. It, it understands completely. It grasps uh, English very quickly. <laughs> it does. Uh, next day at school, they think about what to do. Uh, we also see Amy. There's a unnecessary little. So well, it's not unnecessary. It sets up that Amy's Amy's kind of kind of a hard ass. There's this kid who has a crush on her, but he's not cool enough for her. Yeah. You know, he he likes uh, the Olsen twins movie or some shit. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, Ugh, I can't I can't hang out with him. She likes she likes bad boys, um, and that'll kind of kind of come back later. They go into this horror shop. Here's where we meet Bruce. He has a wonderful entrance. I've always appreciated it when he runs out yes. the back with a fake knife and Marshall's just like, nah, fuck that. That looks too fake. <laughs> I, their dynamic, I think, is fun and cute. Oh, yeah, totally. Bruce is just that big man child who, you know, never wants to grow up. Back in the 80s and 90s when young kids had weird relationships with older men for no apparent reason. <laughs> Like, yeah. Back to the Future or whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, this is my friend. Exactly. He's a lot older than me. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. My parents don't care. They, oh, they oh, know where okay. I am. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> True. So, uh, But he owns, owns like a local horror shop, that kind of thing. They ask him about mummies, and he kind of gives them a little breakdown. Something, And they also kind of mention something about needing to uh, get the mummy to his tomb by, the hal- by midnight of Halloween. That kind of thing. So, uh, on their way to see the mummy, we get a weird interaction with this kid, Leonard. I love it. Leonard's my favorite character in <laughs> totally. the entire fucking movie. Same. Me too. It's not a blanket, it's a rag in case I gotta wipe something down. Want to see me pick my stab? Get out of my way. 
Linyard. And take your blanket with you. This isn't a blanket, it's a rag. I carry it around in case I have to wipe up something. <laughs> exactly. You want to see me pick my scab? Like, <laughs> random gross stuff. But that kid, unfortunately, really stopped acting. Uh, this is He only had, like, two credits. But he, I thought his delivery was Oh, I was, was just going to say, perfect. Yeah. Interesting delivery. Yeah. Loved it, though. Great. Yeah. He could have played, like, that same character in, like, a hundred different <laughs> Disney Channel movies. And I would have been like, oh, fucking thank you. Leonard yeah. shows up. But, the way he right. says things. That's a mummy. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> That's a mummy. Yeah. yeah. It's good. <laughs> but he tells them that a truck took everything. And it's the big yellow truck. What yellow truck? The one they loaded all Mr. Kubat's stuff into. But, uh, and that the empty, that the basement's been emptied and whatnot. And so... We also find out that the mu- or the truck is about to come take everything, but the basement has already been emptied, um, and we kind of know that the mummy's out on the loose right now. Like, oh god, okay, what's going on? We cut to the Dairy Freeze, obviously rip off on Dairy Queen, <laughs> and we get a cheesy, a little, chill, cheesy scene where he's like yelling at the speaker and this lady who actually was an actress. I, I recognized her in some other stuff. Yeah, she looked familiar. Can't remember off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but she she was like taking his order and kind of thing and at you know at the end he's kind of like Meh, and just kind of walks away and steals a drink. It's just, Your impression of him is fun. very accurate. Okay, so good. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you're Leonard. I was very impressed by your Leonard. So. <laughs> See, we could yeah we could recast this with us. I know. See, I told you, you said before I would be the mummy. You could be Leonard. My dream is to play <laughs> Leonard in the. so uh, i do like the little scene here where he kind of walks around this kid this kid just calls him ugly calls him like crazy and the mom who's turned around is just like we don't do that he was some people are born special and he's like well this guy's really special well he's really special (laughs) (laughs) oh that's cute kids say the darndest things don't they they do (laughs) As he's also wandering around, he sees a uh, a guy ra- from leaving a hospital who's wrapped up in you know uh, all of casting and whatnot, burn scars or whatever, and he thinks he sees a brethren mummy, I guess that kind of thing, and so he goes into the hospital. Ha ha ha! Uh, also, the door he's kind of unraveling himself a little bit as the door shut on him, and he walks away. No one notices. That's one of the probably I will believe that the mummy comes back alive and walks around um, more than I'll notice that no one noticed that (laughs) that his wrapping was coming undone for that long. Well, it's around Halloween time. So who knows? You just have random (laughs) mummies walking around. Well, this nurse doesn't think he's a mummy. She thinks he's a burn victim. I always like this scene. (laughs) They get him. uh, They get it. They're not paying attention to him making his noises and obviously being alive, and they think he's dead, and they get him defibrillated. He's got fire on his boobies, basically, and very that kind of thing. Ms. Very Mrs. Doubtfire-esque. Yes, very, very Mrs. Doubtfire. And then as he runs out of the hospital, the kids see him. I always, always appreciated the scene where he gives the recap to the kids about what he, <laughs> what has just happened in his adventure. And yeah. He's doing, he's doing his little noises. Where have you been? <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
I liked the when he does like the door with his hands. <laughs> I always like yeah, that. Yeah, yes. Yeah, his yeah. physical comedy is pretty solid. Oh my Bill gosh, yeah. does a. I mean, I guess kind of you know he had similar kind of big doofusy stuff as mm-hmm. Dauber in Coach, and so this kind of yeah, this works well. It makes sense. Um, they take him to Marshall's house and in his room, uh, or and into his room. And his mom thinks it's just a new prop. He's got all these Halloween props. His room is awesome. If you're like a horror kid nerd, that's like the room you want. It makes sense. I could totally see you digging that one. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm not a big horror person. Under wraps is about as hard as I go. Oh, no. no. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've seen some other stuff, but, you know, it's just I I don't get that. uh, I like thrillers. That counts, right? Okay. Yeah, sure. Close. But I I can't get I don't love like the. Even though I love gore. I love action and I love action gore. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like the horror gore, not that it freaks me out. It doesn't bother me one bit. It's just not something I seek out. Sure. Um, okay. But some people love it. They decide to call him Harold. Eh. <laughs> okay. I, I yeah. mean, <laughs> that's, that, that's a thing. And we find out that Harold likes this cheesy music. Jeez. Mm. You must really love that song. Mm. Don't stuff like that he's he's a romantic he's a romantic yes that's that's all it is um and here we also find uh that kubat is alive bum 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 (laughs) and uh, he's looking for the mummy because he wants to sell it for a quick buck or something we also get a quick scene of marshall basically being sad about the divorce and just like you know him just being a sad he's a little sad sack when it comes to that stuff and marshall uh, not marshall not Marshall. Marshall's dead. Sorry, Harold. Uh, Harold. I have all this. There's too many names because he played Marshall's dad, and then there's Marshall in this movie, but his name is Harold. Yeah. All this kind of shit. Sorry, but he gives him a plant to try and make him feel better. Uh, and at one point at night, at in the night, Harold. I guess he doesn't sleep as a mummy. I guess he doesn't need the sleep, so he just kind of sits around. Yeah. He's playing with a koosh flingshot. <laughs> Do y'all remember the koosh flingshots from oh the 90s? Or yeah. like the, the koosh balls? Yeah. Koosh, I mean, koosh balls were fun. We had definitely had some koosh balls. You just throw them around. But the koosh flingshot was where it had a little like extra rubbery band string and that little thing that you flew it at and you could like hit stuff with it. It was, I mean, it was awesome. The yeah. best the best toys were like the, the toys that you could like take someone's eyes out. Totally. From the <laughs> totally. 90s. But he flings the koosh ball out the uh, outside so he tries to get it and of course a dog has it and so he's got to chase it uh but then he sees the eye of raw on one of uh on this uh, or on a bus that's what it is so he goes chases that and the dog barking wakes up marshall so now they have to go try and find him and they realize he's over at the museum and so they go there and they see harold and he's looking over like this big their exhibit that's got old other ancient Egypt stuff. Um, and they find out that he might have been a high priest to a queen. Mm-hmm. He opens the sarcophagus and, oh, it's a wonderful queen. We see her eyes. She has full makeup on, of course, as that would still last. <laughs> right. <laughs> Perfectly. Um, but he has a matching necklace to her and they were in love. Oh, is that when they talk about um, celibacy? 
Uh, yeah, it might, might. Yes, they do talk about when it. When the kid asks what celibacy and the girl goes, yeah. no chicks. And, and he's like, uh, he's like, I could never do that. And then she's like, you'll get used to it. Yeah. I mean, those jokes were still funny as an adult. Absolutely. Some yeah. of like the slapsticky stuff here you don't love. But those kind of things. Yeah. It just it was weird coming from kids. Oh, but, totally. But it's, it was. It's the same yeah. thing with like Hocus Pocus being like a virgin needs to lit you know, light the black flame candle. Yeah. It's like, why, why are we talking about this in the kid, kids movies? In the nineties, they didn't care, but now yeah. you wouldn't talk about celibacy and virgins and children's yeah. films. And like he was that. like a, well, he's like a, in, in, in Hocus Pocus, he was like a sophomore or a junior. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's, Everyone out there, if you're a sophomore or a junior, it's not a problem if you're a virgin at that time. Don't think everyone else around you is having all the sex because they're not. And that's good. Right. We were all virgins at that time. And that's the way it should. Or most of us were. I was. I certainly was. Most of the high school could go light that candle. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, they then realize that he needs to get back into his sarcophagus. But security arrives. Oh, no. So they have to head out. Uh, at Marshall's place, uh, we see Leonard again. <laughs> yes! <laughs> he, he sees the mummy. What's that? What's what? That's a mummy! Cool! <laughs> it's a mummy! It's a mummy! <laughs> do, it, do it, Chelsea! There it is! <laughs> There's Leonard. <laughs> so, uh, I was like, what, a, what an annoying but perfect kid. Oh, he's oh, great. I love him. So, he gives them some info on the truck. It was yellow, all this kind of stuff. They figure out that it's at a um, this ice cream factory that they got to go to. I do, I do love his response, though, when they're like, he's like, yeah, it's a truck that had some writing on it. Well, what'd it say? I don't know. I can't read. I don't know. I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> so he is such a sassy little shit. I love him. Like, he, he makes the movie. So, But Leonard did give them enough of a hint to go, so they go um, and to that ice cream factory. Uh, they buy Harold some cheap big clothes. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a so pimp, go. <laughs> and I love yes. it. Yes. <laughs> Big time pimp, and they even um, have some uh, funky '70s music yeah. playing as they walk him down. Uh, they get to the ice cream factory. Marshall goes. Oh, there's a cute little interaction with um, Harold and this other chick who was dressed very 70s-esque she kind of scares her away but anyway just funny funny stuff funny stuff here um marshall goes in sees kubot and they kind of like go back out they got to figure out what to do they're gonna have to prep and plan for this so they want to go over to bruce to kind of get him to you know he's got a car big enough to help drive the sarcophagus out of that factory kubot's men though saw them leave so at this halloween party where bruce is at they see Marshall's mom and her boyfriend and again immediately just seeing her having a good time and being happy with somebody he turns into an angry little shit uh, which I you know I kind of want to smack him over the back of the head she's happy you little fuck let, you know let her it's been a couple of years it sounds like deal with it uh, so they try to so they keep trying to find Bruce so they do they find Bruce they tell him all about the stuff and then the song all by myself plays and Harold Gets the, you That's know, crack for him. He just loves dip. that song. That is <laughs> so. Oh my god, he's such a such a romantic, <laughs> and he sees this person dressed as a Cleopatra, <clears throat> and you know he kneels and bows down to her and all the stuff, and she's kind of obviously confused about who he is. Um, but then uh, Gilbert 
finds a different mummy thinking it's Harold, and he's all this eh, hilarity ensues, but it's actually his principal, which is kind of funny. So Gilbert, Gilbert kind of backs away being a nerd. Bruce doesn't obviously believe them on the mummy stuff. Then we see that they're that mix-up of that Cleopatra girl on the dance floor, and then the other person thinks it's her husband, who is the principal's wife, all this kind of shit. Uh, and so the Cleopatra is like, oh, well, who the hell are you? Takes off his face masking, and of course, he's ugly as shit. He's a mummy. <laughs> and they all scream. Everybody runs out. <laughs> I like when he like does that like face. Ah. <laughs> like yeah. that. It's great. Hi. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. And so as they leave the place, um, Kubat's men do come trying to get them. So they all get into Bruce's car as Harold holds the door, if you will, as they escape when uh, when Kubat's men are coming. I think this is 100% where George R.R. Martin I know, right? got the hold the door. Because Harold's just like, Muh, go, go, <laughs> muh. and they're getting in the car and he's holding the door, John. He's holding, he's holding. <laughs> I think George R. R. Martin was without question a Disney Channel original movie fan. He's a fan. This was obvious. Oh yeah, easily. Sure. <laughs> well, he probably he watched like Luck of the Irish and that got him into some more fantasy sure. stuff. Sure. The thirteenth um, yeah. year, there's you know, he got like some the, like mermaid yeah. siren situation. Yeah. yeah. This is this is <laughs> uncovering so much. I'm gonna have to reread the Game of Thrones books with a whole new light now. <laughs> this is gonna make so much sense. Uh, all right, so then they try to figure out what's next to do. Uh, Gilbert says he's too scared. Even though he's dealt with a lot of shit already, this is the tipping point for Gilbert, and he's like, he just can't go in, and so he's got to stay in the car. Okay, Gilbert, that's fine. We'll leave without you. And so they go into the factory. There's you know all these distractions from Bruce that he's, he's using his different props and all this kind of stuff. I think it's kind of cute. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Marshall finds Harold, who's uh, chained up. And another funny little comical scene here where he's trying to figure out what to do. Or he's, he's making his noises. Ah! <laughs> and I was like, what? And then he scratches his nose for him because he had an itchy nose because his chains were up, John. <laughs> Even though he didn't really have much of a nose left, his nose was pretty much like all grossed away. But yeah, it's funny. They have a cute dynamic. As you said before, they have that they have that special dynamic yeah. that Marshall will never have with Ted. Um, but then... Uh, Bruce and Amy, they make a big mess, all this kind of shit, and the guys chase him. Uh, Harold eventually gets back to his sarcophagus, but Kubot is there, and then things are looking pretty bleak. Uh-oh, he's got a gun, all shit's going down, and then in bus Harold, or not Harold, in bus Gilbert, the nerd, the scared nerd, who uh, comes in and, yeah, it's kind of partly saves the day, We uh, and they all leave i think uh we get some sexual tension between amy and marshall we had a little sprinkling of sexual tension between the two of them yeah throughout yeah but now it's kind of at a point where it's just like you know they're flat out like hey i'll i'll be there for you like i'll be there for you girl (laughs) oh yeah pretty awesome it's getting pretty it's getting pretty hot and heavy yeah not gonna lie so they get the sarcophagus to the museum harold opens up his queen's sarcophagus she awakens because movie and and moonlight (laughs) even though yeah that's that's basically it. And then um, Harold and the Queen have a graphic sex scene in front of all the kids here at the museum, and it is, it is very on Disney. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't it's know. Very, what happened it there, is but. Uh, for the time. Very very graphic. <laughs> no, but they're they're reunited. Super cute. 
Marshall says his goodbyes, uh, and Harold goes into his sarcophagus, and he's saved. Yay! The mummy is saved, and that's all over. Uh, we then have some kind of wrap-up scenes here at Marshall's place. He's kind of taken down all the horror things from his room. He's, I guess, decided to grow up a little bit, because some of that shit's real, Chelsea. He's dealt with some real shit yeah. now. This kid's seen some things. Um, his mom asks about Ted and her, and, you know, Marshall says, you know, oh, you should marry him if you love him, and he'll, he'll try to be nicer to him, that kind of thing. So he's good. It's yeah, good. He's, yeah. he's, he's grown as a person. It only took him to learn, you know, learn the lesson to accept his yeah. mom's boyfriend by, you know, taking care of a mommy. I mean, it's you have to do those things to <laughs> learn those kinds of lessons. Yeah, John. So when you finally accepted mom <clears throat> dating again, did you what what kind of cr- uh, creature did you have to save and bring back yeah. to reunite to to that person's, um, you know, beloved? Was it a werewolf? Was it, um, you know, a frog prince? What did you what did you what, what kind of thing <laughs> did you do? Adam, I don't know what the fuck you want me to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fine. I just wanted you to play along. I was too busy in the basement with my guitars being an, being an angsty teen. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, and then we see Marshall. Now he's kind of dressing himself all up nice. He likes Amy. He like likes her. And uh, she comes over and there's kind of some more sexual tension. And then they have a graphic sex scene. Um, very on Disney. Just very. the two of them going at it. Uh, <laughs> no, of course. Instead, <laughs> they insult each other as a little flirt. Uh, it's cute. Kind of what they were doing earlier in the movie. And the movie ends. And that is under wraps. But I, it's not the end of it. I want to hear all things, Chelsea. Tell me. Oh, you okay. start us off. You kind of kick off everything. <laughs> What is your thoughts? What are things well, that you know you you appreciated about rewatching this film? What I what I did notice and remember was as I was watching the film, ev- there were certain little like clips in the movie that I remember. Like I'd watch the Disney Channel all the time as a kid, and so you know mm-hmm. they. I'm trying to remember the kind of commercials they would play. I guess just regular commercials, but like they're constantly always promoting the new show, the new movie, the new like mm-hmm. music week or what Halloween week or whatever. I mean, con- I mean, you, you see that as much as you see the movie, just they loop that to you. Like you got <laughs> eight o'clock, eight o'clock. This is on. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So I remember when they were advertised, like when, whenever, probably not specifically that year, but like, you know, a Halloween's later on, they'd be like, you know, under wraps tonight at eight. And then they'd show like the little like trailer for it, the little overview mm-hmm. and certain scene. I just remember it's like him, fa- the mummy falling down, like in the background, you know, while they're talking, that was like a cue. Um, the mummy holding the, the, um, the dinosaur head and flashing it forward really quick to him. And yeah. uh, Bruce doing like wiggly fingers. I'm like, Oh my God. Like the, the ad is like, <laughs> <laughs> in my head. I'm like, yeah, each, yes, I, I built the ad in my head from watching the movie. It was like putting a puzzle back together. It was crazy. Um, so that's what I remembered most of it is just the advertisement to watch this this mm. movie. Marketing works. Di- and Disney knows how to market. Yes, they do. Sure. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but yeah, I always remember really, like I said, really enjoying this movie. Again, it wasn't on heavy rotation as much as the others. Growing up, I get I was definitely a Halloween Town fan. I was right around I think her age. Maybe she's a little bit older than me. 
Um, so it was like the right age group. She was a girl becoming a witch. It's like, of course, how am I not going to mm-hmm. eat that up as like a little girl, you know? So, um, but this mm-hmm. was great too. I mean, I loved this. Um, I thought it was really funny. It uh, Again, watching it, all the little clips and scene, like him throwing, I think as a kid, him throwing away like the drink in the trash was funny to me. Because I don't know. I just thought... <laughs> That was funny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I looked it up. I guess this whole movie was filmed in Chico, California. Oh, okay. Um, I was wondering that because they got all these pans of like the movie theater that they were at and mm. um, certain background shots of them walking around and like the houses. And I looked it up and it was, I guess, all filmed in Chico, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm. Um, but yeah, and like, you know, the movie gets you really into... The Halloween spirit. I I think I definitely didn't really remember the Halloween party part of it. That they didn't put that in the ad enough, I guess, for me to remember that portion. <laughs> um, but I'm like, oh crap. Okay, yeah, it's like on Halloween. There's the party and all that. And so yeah, watching that gets you very much in the mood for uh, for Halloween. And it's it's definitely one of the better. Uh, Disney Channel original movies for Halloween. I think I'd rank it pretty high next to Halloween. Halloween Town, I'm going to give number one, yeah. whatever. But yeah. <laughs> I'd rank it, yeah, pretty high next to, like, Don't Look Under the Bed. That Scream Team movie is really good, too. There's some other ones that aren't, like, my... I'm trying to think, which I... I don't really like Twitches all that much or whatever. That was sort of, like, when I was a little older, too. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it ranks high. It sets a good um, bar, I think. I like it. Uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty valid statement. As an adult, I was so happy the movie was over. <laughs> it was, I mean, I actually, I, there was a similar with you, Chelsea. There was a lot that I remembered that I, you know, I didn't flashback particularly the cut of the, of the, um, commercial, <laughs> yeah. but like I, there were absolutely scenes, particularly the way you call it, like the way he did the door when mm-hmm. he was, uh, remembering, you know, kind of going over his stuff, just other, other little things that either Harold would do or Bruce would do in particular. I kind of liked them. Mm-hmm. They were the most, you know, um, vibrant in the show other than Leonard. Once Leonard started, started talking, I was like, oh, my God, this little fucker. I love this dude. I want to adopt him. <laughs> I want I want a Leonard of my own. Yeah. But besides that, you know, for, for a kid's movie, this is fine. And I would absolutely be happy to show this to another kid who would be like sure. in that right aid range around like yeah. that 10, you know, who if they're into that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and it's a, it's it a TV film, you know, it's, it's not, yeah, it it's, is. we're reviewing, yeah, a movie that never made the theaters. They just made it for TV. So, I mean, you got to kind of take that into account too. As an adult. Yeah. I found myself rolling my <laughs> eyes a lot during the, like, really? Yeah. Oh, you're doing that. Uh, okay. Um, but the nostalgia in me was still strong enough to be like, okay. Not to say I had a good time, but to say like, I had a time. Sure. And, yeah. and this wasn't and it wasn't particularly a bad time. It was just a time. Uh, and so I still still will appreciate under wraps. You're right, it's definitely not the best Disney Channel original movie for me. That probably always will be Brink myself. Um, but for like Halloween ones, the Halloween town one was just so much stronger and a lot of people love it. But not enough people give under wraps the credit yeah. it deserves for being a solid one of those films. So someone who had no nostalgia for it. <laughs> Let's go to him next. And it sounds like you might have shown this to your kids as well. I did. We all watched it together as a family. Oh, okay. Cool. Nice. Um, I think they had a good time watching it. They laughed a lot. I couldn't <laughs> tell if they were laughing uh, at the movie or laughing at the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So, but uh, I'll just 
I'll sum up by saying um, at the, the end of the movie when it was over, I looked at my wife and I said, well, it was better than Brink. Oh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> Brink is amazing. Uh, You're an idiot, But John. not by much. Chelsea, Chelsea, do you want to be the new co-host of this podcast? Because fuck you, John. <laughs> I'll watch Brink. Sure. Yeah, yeah. it's good shit. Uh, what, what was that, John? Uh, it was okay? It was... I, I was able to sit through it a lot better than I was able to sit through Brink, and I was about, that's about as much as I can say for it. <laughs> so I do have a question, though. So... Mm-hmm. This movie, so you were saying you're not really into horror that much, and this is as close to horror you get. <laughs> and I, I guess I I describe this movie more as like a Halloween film, honestly. What mm-hmm. I I don't know if you said it on another episode, but what's like your top like Halloween film? I I wanted to know like what's a like what's a Halloween movie you put Ooh. on every year? You're like okay, like this is this is first of all, it's a good movie. Like I enjoy this film, and this is like puts me in the Halloween spirit. I, I just watched it two nights ago. I think it was Friday night. Um, and it's not, I wouldn't even, it's, it's hardly a, a horror film or hardly a, a Halloween film, but it gets me in that mood. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, okay. I fucking love Rocky that's Horror Picture Show. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, that's a, that's a, yeah. yeah. I, I remember I watched that for the first time when I was like 13 on Halloween. My mom finally let me watch it mm. and I just looped it like crazy because I, absolutely loved it but yeah that definitely is a movie that could put you in like the halloween time mood i yeah that's a good answer yeah yep my internet was down it was crappy and i was like damn it i wanted to do something and so i looked through all my dvds like and i and i try to watch rocky horror probably like once every two years or so yeah um or maybe every year somewhere around that but it's just like it's i I like the musical aspect i aspect of it i love tim curry in it oh my god i love yeah yeah. so much about it It it's just so quirky it's so weird that like i feel like it just gets me so yeah that's that's my number are you uh are you you ready for your mind to be blown yes yes i've never seen it (laughs) no i've never seen rocky Horror. Horror? well do you You like probably not like it do you like (laughs) transvestites and musical and and aliens and yeah and uh, particularly all of that do you like all those things because it's a movie for you i mean i'm willing to give it a shot i've just never been in a position to watch it God, I don't know. Someone coming Missionary in position? like this later on. I'm not sure about it. Oh, sorry. That oh, was God. a good joke. That was a damn good Sorry. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Chelsea. Oh, no. You're done. Um, no, well, yeah. Well, what then, what's your what's Yeah, your, I want to know what, what's or, your... Or John. Yeah, yeah, for John, what's the quintessential, like, Halloween, like, puts you in the mood? Like, what do you... I mean, I'm always in the mood for Halloween, because to me, Halloween is, is about dressing up. That's it. Yeah, and and I we do that at our house all year round. It's <laughs> yeah, awesome. a big cosplayer. Yeah, that's great. Like we don't we don't need a reason to get dressed up. So, I mean, I, I guess this I don't, I don't watch a lot of scary. The scariest movie. Well, does not have to be is, scary, but like maybe Halloween themed or fall I, even fall themed. I guess. Uh, I don't even know if I have an answer for that. Oh, aliens. <laughs> Sure. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Sure. That works. That's about the best I got. Yeah. There you go. All right. That ends our discussion on under wraps. Chelsea, is there anything else you want to mention? You want to bring up before you leave us? Um, you've been fantastic. You're 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 an awesome Disney Channel original <laughs> knowledge you. and everything has been great. I try to bring all my knowledge about Disney Channel original films <laughs> to this podcast. I don't want to leave people, you know, wanting more. Yeah. I got to give them all I got. No. So, um, but yeah, if you uh, enjoy 
me being on this podcast, I think you should tune in to Ready to Retro, the podcast I'm a part of with Max and Chris. Um, we've mm. been doing all month long, we've been doing 80s vampire films such as Fright Night, Fright Night 2, Near Dark, Vamp, mm -hmm. and of course, you can't forget The Lost Boys. So if you really like uh, that kind of thing, check us out. Uh, we're on pretty much all the podcasting platforms that you can think of. Just Google it. You'll find it. It's ready. Number two retro. We're on Instagram. Uh, we post a lot of stuff over there. And um, yeah, it's just been a lot of fun doing. I, I Theme months are always fun. And I love vampires. I am currently drinking out of a Merlot's bar and grill mug from True Blood. Um, I love, I just love vampires in general. So it's been really fun to do uh, the 80s vampire stuff, uh, which I'm like a huge fan of anyway. So it's been a fun, fun time. So let me ask you this, because this is, I, I find this to be kind of a divisive subject amongst, uh, I guess, vampire fans. Okay. Um, are you pro or anti Anne Rice? Um, I'm pro Anne Rice. I've always liked okay. uh interview the vampire um my mom mm. read all the books like when they came out back like when the 70s or late early 80s and we have like all those uh old um paperbacks of them and i've read a couple of them mm -hmm. so i've always um i've always liked that yeah i've always liked Anne rice stuff definitely okay. i mean interview with the vampire that film and that i watched it probably a couple years ago that film holds the fuck up it is so good oh yeah tom cruise's performance is actually incredible as Lestat. Yeah, and uh, when they so. when they were going to cast him, they were like, "What Tom? Cuz you know, everybody knows Tom Cruise at that time, yeah. how who he was and what he was doing. To have him be in that movie and be that good, I think it was that just helped the movie even more. They were just like everyone was mm -hmm. blown away by that performance. So, I only the only thing I don't like like vampire is like when they use vampire as like a metaphor. I like when, you know, you get like the monster and the blood and the fangs and it's like fun. <laughs> That's fun to me. Like when they use it as like a metaphor. I hate to bring it up, but Twilight, you know, is so like a diet vampire to me. Sparkly, you know, sparkly vampire. It's fun for a laugh. I do own a DVD copy of it because sometimes you just need to laugh. And uh, I put that on sometimes for that reason. But um, yeah, you want vampires when they're like at their most fun. I mean, it's so much fun when they're like, you know, fangs and blood everywhere. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blood everywhere. Blood, Fun hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I think we sufficiently got an idea of who Chelsea is and what she likes with that. <laughs> uh, thank you so much again for joining us, Chelsea. We really had a good time. Oh, thank you guys. This is great. All right. And now John and I will move on to Mummies Alive. Mummies Alive. Also from 1997, uh, this uh, show had one season, 42 episodes. 1997 was uh, really mummy mania in America, it sounds like, yeah. at least for kids. <laughs> so uh, this show was a Canadian-American animated show from DIC Productions and Northern Lights Entertainment. DIC did shows like Inspector Gadget, Care Bears, Rainbow Bright, Real Ghostbusters Mask, Dino Saucers, Double Dragon... A whole bunch of stuff. They also, I think, helped brought uh, DBZ, uh, Dra Dragon Ball Z, over to America um, with stuff as well. 
And Northern Lights Entertainment is Ivan Reitman's company, who Ivan Reitman was the director and producer of Ghostbusters 1 and 2. He directed Stripes, Meatballs, Twins, Kindergarten Cop, a uh, bunch of stuff. I did I did see his name on the credits, and I thought that was weird. I, it flashed through, and I was like, did that just say Ivan Reitman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was uh, executive. He's credited for executive producer, but it was because his company was the one that um, did right. it, so... But yeah, I don't know how much his. A lot of times, the executive producer's involvement in things is can be pretty minimal. You know, mostly they're just the people who are the bankrolls. Right. But when they want to do something, you have to listen most of the time because they're the bankrolls. Right. And that's how it goes. You're all getting paid because of them, and that's why the producers are the ones who win the best picture uh, Oscar. Like you know, it's not. It doesn't go to the director again unless the director is also a producer. It's the people who own the film and. It's the producers. So, yep. Uh, music for Mummies Alive was done by Ron Wasserman, who uh, he is best known as doing music and the theme song for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. If you remember that one, so catchy. Go, go, Power Rangers. Yep. Uh, cast on this film, or sorry, cast on this cartoon, Presley is voiced by Bill Switzer. Little guy. Hey, I don't even like cats. Why am I upset? This is starting to get weird. Bill Switzer was on uh, the X-Men Evolution show. I think he voiced Cannonball. He's a voice on the Sabrina animated show. Plenty of other stuff. Uh, Jakal was voiced by Dale Wilson. You are wise, young prince. Even the desert lion retreats when the pack of hunting dogs is too large. He was uh, the voice of Cell in Dragon Ball Z. That's where I remember him best from. He was also a voice in Reboot. A whole bunch of other things for him as well. Wrath, voiced by Scott McNeil. The great house of your father in Memphis was much larger. We've talked about him before in the show Double Dragon. He voiced Jimmy Lee. Mm -hmm. Uh, He also did some voices on Reboot. He was Piccolo on the Ocean Dub version of Dragon Ball Z, um, who is probably, in my opinion, probably the second best voice of of, uh, Piccolo. He also did voices on Beast Wars, which I'm a fan of, and also Wolverine on X-Men Evolution, which I think he has a really good Wolverine voice. Um, Nefertini was voiced by Cree Summer. I am Nefertina. I only pretended to be a man. Since women are not allowed to drive the chariots of the Pharaoh. Who we've talked about her before, I think, when we were doing um, Tiny, when we talked about uh, Rugrats. Did we, we, we talked Rugrats, right? No, I don't think we've talked Rugrats yet. Well, we've definitely talked Cree Summer before. Yeah. Um, she was the voice of Elmira on uh, Tiny Toons yeah. and Elmira's and, and uh, Pinky and the Brain. Oh, maybe that's when we talked about her because uh, we did talk Pinky and the Brain. Yeah. She was also the voice of. The original voice of Penny yeah. from Inspector Gadget. That was big. Yeah, that was I mean, that is a huge voice for our childhood. Uh, Foxy Brown in that animated show, Drawn Together. Which I loved. Which kind of a fun. I thought it was hilarious. Oh, did you? Okay. I never really watched it. It's probably just a little bit, not maybe not too old for me, but like, yeah, I, I hadn't gotten into that particular, um, uh, you know, animated adult that, cartoon. That cartoon was way ahead of its time. It, I bet You know what? I bet if I go back and watch it now, I'd probably have a, a better appreciation for it. Yeah. Armand was voiced by Graham Kingston. Excuse me, Rapsies, but I opened the white stone sarcophagus and saw the offerings of food inside. He really hasn't done much. He was a stand-in for John Candy in <laughs> uh, in the movie uh, uh, Harry Crumb. <laughs> okay. And that's it, really. And then Scarab was voiced by Gerard 
Plunkett. Don't you recognize me, my prince? Don't you remember your old pal, Scarab? Your father entombed me 3,500 years ago. Who has done tons of small parts and things, but I didn't really know no standout. And then um, the last voice I wanted to bring up was Hekka, the snake. Uh, Scarab's kind of like snake staff thing. Um, was voiced by Pauline Newstone. <laughs> Sorry, Scarab. I couldn't help it. Can I get you anything? <laughs> Doggy biscuit? <laughs> Who, she's been in Beast Wars, but I will remember she was one of the voices of, or the ocean dub of Frieza in Dragon Ball Z, which I absolutely remember that one. Mm-hmm. Actually, a pretty good, pretty good scary female voice. So, this show, Presley is this, like, 12-year-old kid. He has the spirit of Prince Rapses in him, uh, who is apparently the son of an ancient pharaoh. And these mummies are his bodyguards that have come back to life to protect him. Um, you know, once Scarab comes back as well and tries to attack him, that kind of thing. The whole gig of this show is just like, you know, them protecting him, trying to deal with Scarab, um, who is trying to seek revenge on the kid and that kind of shit. I watched this show when I was younger. I absolutely watched Mummies Alive. I'm fond of it. From that, I'm nostalgic for it because I just remember it being in that slew of 90s action cartoons. Mm-hmm. I actually think I even had a had an action figure. I think I had like a Wrath, and I think that was it. I, I think, but I can't remember. I uh, I definitely remember it, and maybe I remember it from you watching it. Because um, uh, so 97, 98, that would have been about my junior year of high school. So yeah. I probably wasn't actively watching a lot of cartoons, but you were. Yes, I was 12 at this time. So I probably saw it just because you were watching it or something like that. It might have come on like something that came on after Gargoyles yep. or something like that, or it would have been an, in a rotation yep. of stuff. And I remember, I can't remember if I remember enjoying it. I just remember that it was a thing. It was a thing, yeah. And I, I definitely enjoyed it at the time. Um, they had some like fun little things that would kind of reappear in the show. Uh, they would always say, with the strength of Raw, and that's when the mummies would like kind of switch into their battle gear badass yeah their battle gear their kind of armor kind of stuff and each of them had like their own different assigned uh egyptian god jacal had the spirit of the of the falcon which the falcon is horus i believe uh wrath had the spirit of the snake i don't know the snake god uh armon had the spirit of the ram and nefertini used the spirit of the cat which i think beset is the cat i think it was it's it's nefertina oh what i say teeny Yeah. yeah nefertina yeah, not not a Nefertini. That's a little like a drink. That's a drink that uh, JD would order. I'll take a Nefertini. Uh, no, Nefertina. You're right. If you watched episode one, there was actually a small little thing where the other guards didn't know it was a female, yeah. and they called her because females weren't allowed to be, uh, you know, pharaoh guards. But Presley could tell right away, and she's like, "Yes, so could Rapsies," and it's like, "Oh, damn!" <laughs> but I remember when she took her helmet off, I was like. You know what? I I remember Nefertina. I remember being like, damn, that mummy's hot. <laughs> That's a hot cartoon mummy, you know? She was definitely the best looking out of them. And I'm like the only one who I think you saw her whole face, right? Yeah, the others maybe were all mostly always wrapped up. Well, but yeah, you she... could always see, you could see Wrath's whole face, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. like you never see his whole head. He had that, uh, the, like the Queen Nefertiti kind of hat, whatever that hat type is. Yeah. So, but you're right. Yeah, Nefertina was the only one who wasn't fully covered maybe because they had to add that kid sex appeal i don't fucking know know. yeah that way there was no question that she was a girl 
Yeah. Um, but they did have uh, each of them kind of were like separate. You know, I, I feel like when you're in a team, you have to fit into like a certain archetype. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they did. Jakal was the leader type. Um, Armand was the tank type. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wrath was kind of like the ma- ma- magician type. And then, as it is, uh, Nefertina was the the badass female. Like yeah. they don't they, they didn't give her anything other than just being the badass female. No, she had a whip. She had a whip. She was a but that's not like a type. The whip type. <laughs> well, but, like if I if I was gonna put them into like RPG, so like, um, yeah. so so like Jakal was the leader, but he was also the uh, the pew pew because he had the he had the bow and arrow. Yeah, he did have a bow. So and he arrow. was the yeah. distance fighter. Um, Wrath is your tank, uh, or no, Armon is your tank. tank uh, yeah. Wrath is your support and a little bit of melee because he had a sword. Mm-hmm. And then like Nefertina is just like your your melee fighter. She just gets in there, brawler. scratches, and yeah, she's the yeah. brawler. Fair enough. Okay. They would have to go rest in their sarcophagus, sarcophagi, uh, to kind of replenish their power, things like that. <coughs> cough gargoyles <coughs> cough cough gargoyles had to replenish their power um you know during the day by being stoned um yeah you mentioned gargoyles earlier but it's, by being this, stoned this show had a lot of similarities you know where like they had like that one central person uh, theirs was gargoyles had elisa maza um this one was who they who they trusted theirs was presley the kid and they would kind of protect them and things like that um and have to do i don't know Ancient power, mystical fantasy action, very much like that. So, just not not as popular, not as good. Scarab also had his own set of kind of badass armor. Um, his mm-hmm. was a little bit more armor, and it turned into a big, big old scarab beetle, and he could yeah. fly and shit like that. Uh, which episodes or how many episodes did you watch for this? And did you show other question? Did you show this to your son, who I think might might have liked it? So I've actually shown this to my son before, like. Uh, several years ago I did and he watched a couple episodes um, mm-hmm. and I think he liked it but he did not enough to like continue watching it um, okay. so I have to admit so uh, last night you and I played trivia mm-hmm. with our family yes. and then you said see you tomorrow and that's when I remembered I had to watch Monkeys Alive <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that was like late too <laughs> yes and do the casting so yeah I was like uh, okay. oh well, I guess I know what I'm going to go do. Uh, <laughs> so I did I did watch it um, with my daughter. My son had no interest in watching oh, it again. So okay. I watched it with my daughter. And I asked her, you know, about... I, w- I watched two episodes. I watched the first episode and some random other episode that I couldn't tell you where where mm-hmm. where in the lineup yeah. it's from. And I, afterwards, I kind of asked my daughter, I said, well, did you like it? And she said, oh, yeah, it was okay. And I said, who was your favorite character? And she goes, the cat. I said, oh, Nefertina? She goes, no, the cat. The cat? The mummy cat? The mummy cat that gets pulled out in the first episode. Yeah. Wow. First first episode. So that was her favorite character. The other thing is, whenever they got into their armor, they had, like, obviously just, like, a recycled um, thing. And it happened multiple times. And every time it happened after, like, the first time, my daughter was like, really? Again? You just did this. Yeah, they did. You're right. And they used it. I watched three episodes. I watched episode one, episode two, and then I did a random one in the middle. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, they, very similar to like what, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers or whatever, where they would like reuse the, let's, it's Morphin time. And then right. they, you know, they had their change sequence and they used that exact same change sequence like multiple times in the same episode <laughs> all over. I mean, it was, so, a, yeah. it was a cool looking sequence and it reminded me yeah. very much of Thundercats. Oh, um, uh, yeah. But, uh, 
yeah it after a while it was like oh god really again is this <laughs> is this it. just to fill time is this what this is for they would have some some fun i already mentioned that they would say with the strength of raw but they had some other kind of like acute saying they would say pretty often which was let's kick tut <laughs> see john because <laughs> king tut instead of uh yes. kicking butt yeah, yeah i got it hilarious uh, there were definitely some inconsistencies in the show, like the mummies would make puns and there's no way they would have any, how would they have any knowledge of like that pop culture at the time? Or like, even right. when they like first got out, they would say like some of something or be like, no, you, you've been dead for like thousands of years. How the hell do you know this? And my daughter even brought that up. The, the, in the first episode, somebody says something about what's a cell phone and yeah. the and and I think it's Wrath who's like oh, it would take too long to explain, mm-hmm. and my daughter's like, how would he know what a cell phone is? <laughs> true. She's a smart cookie. Yeah, that's She's, absolutely true. Yeah. Now, one thing I do want to talk about is that theme song. That theme song is very 90s feel to me. Uh, yeah. It had like some fast talking, like the fast pace. It's kind of catchy though, you know, but it had that, that fast talking. And I don't know, I always like the end of the mummies alive. Um, but I, I, you know, I kind of like it. I kind of like it. I don't, okay. I don't hate this one. It's not, it's not winning any awards. It's not going to make any lists, but right. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty fun. Also done by Ron Wasserman, who did the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So it, it did nothing for me, but no. <laughs> I don't hate on it, so. Okay. I have nothing else to really say about the show. I mean, I I did, like I said, I watched it when I was a kid. Uh, I'll dive into my thoughts, and then you can give yours and anything else your your daughter might have mentioned. The first two episodes were okay, and then when I skipped to the other one, I was like, okay, this isn't really getting any better. I was hoping that maybe (laughs) it would kind of, like, grown. And I would say it wasn't a terrible show, but it it definitely wasn't a particularly good show. Yeah. Um, it kind of gets lost for a lot of people in that slew of action cartoons from the 90s. Think like Mighty Ducks, similar with that. You know, they get overshadowed by X-Men, Batman, and Gargoyles. You know, those ones are just better shows. And so, like, all of these other ones, maybe Biker, Mars from, Biker Mice from Mars or something. Like, this is just another one of those action cartoons from the mid to late 90s. I'm nostalgic for it. I'm happy I watched it as a kid. I'm happy it's in there. But... I'm not really going to go back and rewatch these, even though there's 42 episodes and that's it. It didn't it didn't grasp me, um, but I I had a good enough time. I had a nostalgic time putting this on, but I, I realized that this was not this was not a special show. And that's probably why it didn't get picked up any further. Um, but, it's you know, it was it was part of that 1997 mummy mania, I guess. And, and that was that uh, I largely had kind of the same reaction. It was. 
You know, I mean, uh, it wasn't horrible. The animation was decent. Mm-hmm. You know, the voice acting yep. was good. Um, yeah, the story was a little slow at times. You know, again, like I didn't hate sitting through the episodes, but like I got nothing out of it. Um, yeah. It's an interesting idea. You know, I mean, obviously, a lot of a lot of what a cartoons are going to do are to sell toys, and like that's an interesting toy idea. You know, we have these like mm-hmm. warrior mummies and you know something like that. So I don't I don't hate the idea. Um, but it, yeah, largely it did nothing for me. I don't think I'll ever go back to rewatch it. I doubt any of my kids will ask to watch it again. So yeah, it, it was what it was. Yeah, yeah it kind of just was what it was. Yeah, sorry, mummy's alive, but you're dead to me. <laughs> This episode of the Blast from Our Past podcast is not brought to you by... Wow! Danielle, you really love Kushli. Yeah, Jody, they're cool. Guess what? Now there's Wild Times Kushlings. Way cool. They're into the same stuff we are. Yeah, Larissa, let's roll. Hey, he's ticklish. Party down, Peter. Time for some Z's. Go, Kushling! Wild skateboarding tug. If you really want a wild time, Whoa! you want wild time Kushling. And now we're going to the casting portion of the show. As we mentioned, we're going to be recasting or casting, um, I'm guessing, a live action. Mummy's Alive, yes, that's I, what I was going I for. I was planning live action. Yeah, I mean, or at least li- at the worst, it would be like heavily CGI'd or something. I don't know. Right. So we're just gonna do the main four mummies: Jakal, Rath, Armon, Nefertina. Uh, we'll do Scarab since he was the bad guy for the majority of the episodes. Mm-hmm. And even though he's a kid, we gotta cast him. We're casting Presley. Yeah, it's a kid. It's a kid. So, uh, Adam, I'm curious, what was your thought process for how you uh, cast this? Like, what what kind of show were you envisioning or movie or whatever? So, I, I thought I wanted to go into a little bit more intense kind of, well, not intense, but like, I didn't want it to be as stupid comical as the show. Right. Not to say it, was bad, it wasn't stupid. I mean, I, the, show, the show was fine, but I didn't want it to be like, you know, a kid's show. Right. I wanted it to be... Um, I went in with the idea of I want this to be similar to the MCU. It's got comic elements, but it's got a heavy action element to it. So think okay. think in that vein. Okay. I wouldn't say I largely guess that I I was thinking more in the comic realms of the movie The Mummy. Oh, okay. So yeah, that, that had a bunch of comic elements to it. Yeah, and, I mean that, which is largely the same thing as the MCU, just with a smaller yeah. budget. Mm-hmm. Let's let's just get the kid out of the way. Okay. <laughs> let's just get the kid out of the way. Um, I'm going to go first. Uh, I will admit, uh, for the vast, actually, for pretty much all for the rest of the cast, I tried to go with Middle Eastern actors. And the, and the reason oh. is, um, however they looked in their mummy form, I wanted some flashbacks to their life in ancient Egypt. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to need actors who could play the real life counterpart. I was thinking sort of like, and I, I, I don't know if you've seen any of it yet, but uh, the Doom Patrol. I haven't. I still haven't. I know I need to, but I haven't seen <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you really need to. Uh, a couple of the guys, Robot Man and Negative Man, um, are voiced 
by um, Brandon Fraser and Matt Bomer, but there are different guys who are in the suit, obviously for oh, recording. Okay. Which they've the thing is is they've made the you know they haven't hid that they've they've in fact the vo- those guys have always given the actors who are in the suits their due, which is fine if you if you're going to have somebody who's going to be in the suit you know, and you know they're touting it as hey that's Brandon played by Brandon Fraser. As long as they're admitting, you know, listen, yeah. we're using another actor for the, you know, for the actual like in the suit guy. As long as you give the guy his due, I have no issues with that. If you try to yep. sell me that it's always mm-hmm. Brandon Fraser when it's clearly not, and then I'm then you're losing my respect. So okay. whether or not some of these guys end up um, actually in the suits or just using their voices for, for however they however we decide to do it, mostly I was thinking for when they were in their flashbacks and then their voices could be used at least their voices for when they're playing in person or for mm-hmm. with the in the modern times sorry i kind of went off on a little tangent there but that brings me back to presley presley was the only person i did not cast a middle eastern actor for because i couldn't really find one of that age mm-hmm. that I, I that i could i could find and say oh yeah i definitely have seen with the kids so since it's since they kind of it's kind of a, a rebirth thing, it could go into anyone. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he he's either been yeah his spirits in him, or even if it's like of the same bloodline, you know, that's thousands of years ago. Right. <laughs> you know, you that, can that you can kind of be anywhere. any any race, literally. So I kind of went with like a, a like kind of a cute, funny kid uh, who's done some stuff. Uh, he's most known for doing a voice. Uh, on the movie Coco, uh, who he plays the boy. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say Coco, but Coco is not the name of the boy. Coco is the name of the grandmother. Yeah. Um, but he plays the he does the voice of the little of the little boy. But he's been in in some live action stuff, and his name is Anthony Gonzalez. Okay, yeah, he's def- that's definitely his biggest film, and that's a good film. I liked Coco. I did too. Yeah, a gorgeous film. Probably one of their best looking of all Pixar. Mm-hmm. I was so angry at that family. For not letting him just listen to music and play music. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, it's just music, you pieces of shit. I hated the family so bad. Like they were just so controlling. I thought it was I thought it was terrible. They're controlling assholes. But the movie was gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, and that is a kid. Good yeah. for him, kid. So I figured, yeah. you know, it's Presley, he's gonna get into some trouble. Yeah. That he he'd work for it. Plus yeah. plus he it, and I, I don't want to stereotype it, but as someone who is Hispanic, he has sort of that uh, darker tone that you could play it, as Middle Eastern if you really a wanted better, to. Yes, a better chance of trying to play him off as um, Egyptian if needed, or, or, or like, you know, descendant or something. Right, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. What kid did you go with? I went with a kid. Uh, started off looking, you know, at <laughs> hey. Here's, what are some kid actors? And then this guy popped up. I think he's around 13 right now, so he could definitely fit in that range. Um, I actually have seen him in some stuff, so I'll have a little bit of credit on there. Okay. I watched the first two seasons of Transparent and really liked it. It was that Amazon Prime show mm-hmm. with, um, oh gosh, what can I remember? Uh, um, Jeffrey Tambor. Uh, and a whole bunch of the, he played one of the grandkids in that show. Uh, he's been in a movie called The Fifth Wave, which I never saw when he was even a little bit younger. But anyway, his name is Zachary Arthur. He is a kid. And I was like, oh, I've seen him. He wasn't terrible in what I've seen him in. You can be my Presley. And that was that. That was the end of my thought process. I'm trying to look to see if there's anything that jumps out at me. 
Yeah. No, nothing's jumping out at me. But the, I mean, God, he got a lot of credits. If he's thirteen now, mm-hmm. and he's been working yeah. since two thousand thirteen. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, seven years ago. So he started when he was uh, six. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's pretty I mean, good. Yeah, yeah. I can't. So, I'm. It's kid actor. I can't really <laughs> fault you on cool. anything. He's probably right. got. He's got more. Um, probably close to actiony. Mm-hmm. Cred. Oh, he's in the fifth wave, which I didn't see, but that looks more to no. be more action. Yeah, I don't really know. It had Chloe Moretz, and it looks like it had action stuff, but I didn't. I didn't see that either. You know. <laughs> This brings to mind something that I've been wondering. And actually, I have no idea what the background of the fifth wave is. I don't know if it's a book or something like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, people have been calling, you know, calling out Hollywood for just doing nothing but remakes of stuff. Mm-hmm. But anytime anything that's original comes out, it either sucks yeah. or nobody goes to see it. True. It's kind of like yeah. it's a double edged sword because you're calling for more original stuff, but no one's going out to see it. So what you're saying is you is want it- more original <laughs> television stuff. Yeah. Because people yeah. are seeing the original stuff on TV. That's where most of the original stuff is going. All right. I mean, all people only put in their money into like those Disney, you know, remakes on that stuff or, you know, oh, it's, hey, it's just another Marvel or some movie based on uh, comic books and there's no original stuff. But it's like, you're right. People aren't going to see it. Yeah. So fuck it. That's what people are yeah. going to see. And a lot of the stuff that is coming out that seems original is based on something else, a book or something like yeah. that, which is yeah, not yeah, unusual. True. I mean, Hollywood's been making movies based on books for since the beginning. Always. Yes, always. Because that it's, I mean, you've got a good storyline that is a proven track record already. So yeah, makes sense. Uh, all right. Well, let's go to Scarab. And who did you go for for Scarab? <laughs> all right. So I went with, um, like I said, I was trying to kind of recreate the mindset of uh, a Marvel movie, mm-hmm. and this actor, I would love to see him bring his talents to Marvel or bring his talents to this style of film. I mean, honestly, I'd love to see him become a play a villain in Marvel, and so that made me think of like, okay, you know what? I could see you as a as this type of villain. He's even kind of got a little bit of this look. I did not go with the. I want I want everybody to be kind of culturally fitting into mm. the uh, uh, Egyptian route. I just kind of like, you know what? We'll let the writers figure out how they want to do it or who cares. It's, or it's just, just don't address it. It's not a big deal. Yeah. This actor, maybe one of the best actors alive. I think it would be really fun to see him <laughs> as a terrible scare, as a, as a bad villain and see what he would bring to it. I put Daniel Day-Lewis as my scarab. Wow. Don't you think he would be fun as a fun villain in an action, like action kind of comedy movie? That's uh man, that's a heavy pull. That's a <laughs> yeah. I want. I mean, he's the main villain. I want someone big, but he actually even kind of like could have that look. I think. I think he'd be great. I think Daniel Day Lewis would be fucking perfect. Do, do you think he would? Uh, he would go live in Egypt for a year to really get into. <laughs> probably. He probably Isn't he the would. one who does like extreme method stuff. Uh, I think he does. Yeah, I think he does do that kind of stuff. I mean, he's he was a great villain in Gangs of New York. Fantastic villain in that film, and and also there will be blood. Like he he is strong actor, and I think I mean obviously he can do whatever the hell he wants. Uh, right. I would love to see him. He would be great for this. You know what? If they if they announced it that they were doing a Mummies Alive series and Daniel Day Lewis was going to play the bad guy, I would be, I I would be yeah. front row if you could have a yeah. front row just just to see what would happen. Cool. All right. So um, 
I went with an actor that you're already familiar with. He's a little bit older now, so I thought he'd make good for sort of a, a sort of the older big bad, which the guy seemed to be. Because when he's in his normal normal state, he seemed kind of mm-hmm. he's like the he's kind of like the Jafar, mm-hmm. almost yep. carrot type character. This guy's great. Um, I would not be offended to see him pop up as a Ra's al Ghul sometime in a hmm. in a movie or TV series. And I mentioned before that I um, I was thinking kind of like along the same lines of The Mummy, and so I pulled an actor from that series uh, for my scarab. I went with Oded Fair. Oded Fair, yeah. I could totally see him doing that. Yeah, he's from Israel. I mean, but he's played Egyptians before uh, Ardeth Bay in The Mummy series. He was great in that. Yeah. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him do that role. I think that's a good call. That's a really good call. I mean, he's he he can. I mean, he was kind of the villain in Deuce Bigelow. I mean, that was a comedy. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, he's just like he's got that sort of. Um, he kind of has that now. If you kind of look at it, like he kind of has that matinee That's... idol, the older, silver-haired, mm. you know, Arab gentleman. I think he could really yeah. work really well. I uh, absolutely agree. Yeah, looking at some of like his older pictures, absolutely kind of has that. Would you say matinee idol? Yeah. I don't know what that is, but yeah, I'll say really? yes, he has You've it. never heard that term before? Uh-uh, I have not. Uh, but Just look it up. I don't feel like explaining, uh, <laughs> <laughs> explaining it. Oh, I'm looking at a picture in the show Once Upon a Time. He played Jafar in Once Upon oh, a Time ha! in that in that show. That is funny. Yeah, then yes, obviously. There you go. <laughs> and, uh, and he played, oh, he did the voice. Oh, no, Young Justice. Is that a live show or is that a cartoon? Uh, Young Justice sure. was a cartoon. Yeah. He voiced Ra's al Ghul. In, oh, he did. In Young Justice. Look at that. So, For like eight yeah. years. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Uh, he played Jafar in three different three different episodes of Once Upon a Time. So, perfect. Okay. He's, he's done that stuff, and I think he's, yeah, he, that's a great, that's a good fit. Okay. All right. Did you do yours yet? Yeah. Daniel oh, Day-Lewis, baby. That's right. Okay. We, he's like, the we king. We talked about mine for so long, I forgot. <laughs> he has a left foot. All right. So, let's do Nefertina. Uh, I will jump in with this one. I didn't reach too far to get to this one. Uh, I needed some. I needed a girl who could do action. I needed a girl who had the Middle Eastern tie. I've used her once. I've used her twice. I'll probably use her a half dozen <laughs> times. She's really good for this type of thing. I went with Sophia Batella. That's a great choice, and she was the only other person I considered okay. for this for this role. And I almost went with her. And yeah, she is she is a great call, and I would. I would want her in this role as well as I would want. I mean, I, I couldn't decide between the two. Great choice, though. Great choice. She fits perfectly. And my person, even though she is not from the same, she's from Sweden, she has some kind of like, she's got a darker, more olive skin tone look to her in some of the films that I've seen. I think she could play, she's done action stuff, particularly with the Tomb Raider films. Um, she's fantastic. I think she has a, a similar vibe to Sophia Batella as uh, Vitell enough. I went with Alicia Vikander as my Nefertina. How do you spell that? Oh, she was the first one in the pocket. Oh, she was an Ex Machina. Yeah, she was. An, she was the robot in Ex Machina. Oh yeah. Um, but but in Tomb Raider is probably mostly what I'm thinking of most her action stuff from that. Okay. Cool. I like her. Yeah. She Those are probably like my, my two favorite. You know, when I'm looking for thinner action small female or that kind of thing Sophia Boutel mm-hmm. and Alicia Vikander are my top two and we both got them so okay cool, cool. I like that uh, all right Armand who is kind of the 
bumbling idiot kind of. <laughs> yeah, the big yeah, the big oaf. He's a big oaf. So who did you go for for your big oaf? Well, I told you I was going for a uh MCU vibe on this mm-hmm. one. And when I think big oaf who's comical, kind of dumb, I think of Drax. And so I said, fuck it. I want Dave Batista. I went with Dave Batista as my arm. And he would be a, he plays the tank already. He got, yeah. he's got comical elements. Uh, he's a good call. He, he is a, go- a good call. Uh, he's a, he's probably the best call, honestly. Uh, um, he's better than, I would just say it's a better call than what I picked, but I went in a slightly different route and I'll kind okay. of explain, I guess. Um, but no, I mean, I can't argue with that. I mean, he's perfect for that. Okay. Cool. Plays a big dumb oaf. So as I said, I wanted to stick with uh, actors who are uh, were of Middle Eastern descent. Um, although mm-hmm. Bautista kind of still has that look to him, so I think that could work. Yeah, it, he's got. I think he's got some Greek. Is that okay? His father was Filipino, and his mother has Greek ancestry. So yeah, I mean that kind of okay. A lot of that. Um. So <laughs> I don't know why I went this way, but I did. I just decided to find um, a big guy. A big Middle Eastern guy. I don't know you if he you can didn't act. go. With, you didn't go with the great Khali, did you? No. <laughs> okay, thank God. There, he's a wrestler, and he's a terrible wrestler. <laughs> no, um, I went with this other guy who is a bodybuilder, um, and his name is Omar Kamel. Could you spell that last name? K A M E L. K A M E L. Oh, he doesn't even really have a picture on IMDb. He's not on IMDb. Uh, he's not an wow. actor. Omar Kamel. It's like camel with a K. Yeah, why wouldn't you go with, if you're going with a Middle Eastern bodybuilder? Go with Big Rami. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, you just type in Big Rami and you'll be like, okay, the dude's like, <laughs> he's 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 huge. But I mean, this guy's fine too. But <laughs> if I if I had to pick if I had to pick a Middle Eastern, he's uh, Big Rami's easily the biggest um or like the the, yeah, Whoa. the biggest name in bodybuilding. He is a big, big Rami, dude. and he's Egyptian. Yeah. And he's yeah, exactly. He fits perfectly. Well, at least with those two things. Okay. He's thirty wow. He's he's, he's, like like, he's thirty six and he looks like he's fifty. Big Rami? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, bodybuilding puts a lot on you. Uh he he's 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 won the Arnold Classic before. He uh he's placed second in Mr. Olympia. He's he's a pretty popular bodybuilder and he's Egyptian. Okay, this picture doesn't even look real. There's no way that that, oh, that one of them's the, are you talking about the third picture when you search Big Rami? I think so. It's that's not. Okay, that's obviously fake. That's big photoshopped. Okay, but but there are other ones that are legit, and they are. He is he's like a three hundred and twenty pound mass monster. He's um, a big dude. All yeah. right, I, but I, I won't shit on. I don't know Omar uh, Kamel all that well, but I do know Big Rami, and I and I follow bodybuilding, so that's why I was just trying to help you out there. Okay, I mean, <laughs> they, I think they both have the look. It really, I think it would come down to which one of them could act better. Yeah, and. I don't know. <laughs> or if they would just do the thing where uh, somebody would just dub his voice. Yeah, that could that totally could be the case. So, all right, uh, let's move ahead from that debacle. Uh, <laughs> and let's go to Wrath. Wrath, Wrath, yeah. I'm not sure, whatever. I went, I'm just going to get mine out of the way. Uh, okay. I went with an actor who I think I think you've used him before. But I remembered him specifically from the movie that you cited, even though I don't think you had seen it. Hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed him in this movie, and I really actually enjoyed this movie except for the ending. That the ending was dumb. But, uh, which is funny because he actually he is from Egypt. Uh, however, he plays a Frenchman 
in the movie Lucy, and his name is Amir Waqid, or it looks like Amir Waked, but I think it's probably yes. Waqid. I did use him way back. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's a long time ago. You're right, and I did I did cite the Lucy movie, which I didn't see. Uh, that's that's a good call. That's probably a better call than what I went with. Okay. Uh, I like that. He he has that fit. Not yeah. And I, I do kind of like your 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 going into the more Middle Eastern Egyptian. Um, well, I wanted casting. to, I, like I said, I wanted to be able to flashback. Yeah. To yeah, yeah, yeah. the ancient to ancient Egypt to to get some, you know, more sense of the characters and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, Fair enough. All right, who'd you go with? All right, so I went with uh, an actor who's definitely done some action before. He's actually probably got a similar. I don't know. I feel like he's got a somewhat similar face and and just body type than what your guy had. He's been buff before in films, but more recently he's kind of actually been kind of skinny in films, and the, uh, particularly the movie Waco or that series Waco. Um, and I think, you know, you get him right, get him back into some of the action stuff. He's a good enough actor. Uh, I went with Taylor Kitsch as my wrath. I feel like, you know, you, you look at his okay. his body type, he's kind of skinnier now with some stuff. So I think I think he'd be fine. Okay, that's interesting enough. I, I think yours is a better call. Okay. Honestly. I'll yeah. take it. I'll take it. Yeah. All right. And that brings us to our kind of our lead guy. Yes. To call. Um, I'm going to yeah. jump. I know I, I haven't been going back and forth, but I'm going to jump in with mine because I went with a lesser known. Mm-hmm. And so I have a feeling that yours is probably going to be a bigger name. He is. So uh, I went with a, an actor who um, I think is actually from Australia, but he is of, uh, I think, Middle Eastern descent. Um, okay. but, uh, and I don't think he's, I don't think he's led any movies that I can, that I could tell, but he's been in some, some big ones. He was in Hacksaw Ridge and he's been, he's done a lot of, a bunch of TV series. He was in Power Rangers Mystic Force. Okay. So, he's he, so yeah, got some action stuff to him. Yep. I, uh, and he played the Red Ranger in that one. And his name is, uh, Faras Durrani. Faras Durrani. Good looking dude. He looks like he kind of wants. He should be that leading man. Yeah. D- don't look, look at his. Don't look at the the photo they use for his uh, thumbnail. Look at the yeah. the rest of the photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he's a like bit better. Up. Yeah, a little bit more model esque. Um, yeah, I, I definitely haven't seen him in anything. I haven't seen. Yeah, I don't. I don't it doesn't stand out. But he's got the look. Mm-hmm. The look of a leader. Cool. So, all right. What uh, did you? What did you do? All right, I went, uh, again, I kind of dive back into my MCU knowledge. Uh, I wanted somebody who I felt could be a good leader, kind of upstanding leader qualities. Um, Jakal doesn't really do have much of the comedic aspects to him. Yeah. And this guy that I put in there does have some comedic aspects. He'll just have to, you know, just play it down, and he'll just have to play the more leader type. We'll get more of his leadership roles, I believe, when his Disney Plus show uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier come out. Uh, but I went with the new Captain America, Anthony Mackie, as my Jakal. Uh, okay. I want to see him lead some stuff. Um, I think he could, he could, you know, I, I want to see him as a leading action dude, um, and we're, we're about to get some more of that stuff. Uh, but, yeah. So I, I threw him, I threw him in the mix. All right, I can't argue with Anthony Mackie. I like, I love him as uh as the the uh, as the Falcon. So mm-hmm. yeah, you won't hear any any argues okay. from me. Okay, cool. All Take right, it. and that was our casting of a Mummy's Alive movie. Mummy's Alive. 
please join us next time for another album review episode. In the next one, Adam and John take on the D. Oh, they love that D. And of course, I'm talking Tenacious D. So I hope you enjoy it. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it.